Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another edition of Waiting for Next Year's Cavs Cast. We're part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. This is your host, Seth, and joining tonight from the not Browns Dave. cast, not Dave, it's Joe Gilbert. It's not Dave, Joe Gilbert. Joe, how are you, man? Good, good. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's uh, unlike the Cleveland Browns, Joe, you are someone who plays in the clutch because I texted Joe like 25 minutes ago, asked if he wanted to jump on here. So true heroic effort, fourth quarter crunch time, heroic from uh, Mr. Joe Gilbert. So thank you for joining. Yeah, happy to be here. Talking cats, man. Yeah, it's been a it's been a few weeks, so I, I'm sure those who who are listening right now uh, listen to, to Joe a couple of times a week um, over on the Brown side on Brown's cast. But it's been a really maybe in a few months since I know you and I have talked Cavs really on here. We we do all the time in the Discord, but maybe Joe, before we kind of jump in, uh, I'll put you on the spot. What you know, just your thoughts on the season so far. You know, 15 and nine, third place in the East. 10 and one at home, five and eight on the road. You know, your initial thoughts been a bit of a roller coaster, but your initial thoughts on the season? Yeah, overall, I, it's it's going better than I expected. Um, the, especially the kind of the Mitchell getting Mitchell in, it, it's pretty seamless how he just kind of come in and kind of has been the best player in the, in the, on the uh, team. Um, yeah, uh, the injuries suck, and it's it's the small forward position seems like it's getting to be a bigger issue than we thought we we were gonna have. But I think the injuries might have kind of amplified it a little bit. So, uh, but overall, I think I don't I don't know how much you can be uh, against this kind of good start here. Um, they've dealt with uh, a lot of injuries and a lot of key injuries and uh, they're 15 and what 15 and nine. Uh, so it's, I can't, can't, can't take much against that. Yeah, you're, you're right. Even in, you know, even in, even when we're kind of on the downside of the roller coaster, it's still, you take a look up and you're third place in the East. The right, only right. two teams ahead of you are, you know, absolute final contenders with the Milwaukee right. Bucks and, and with the Boston Celtics. I mean, two teams that are really playing historic basketball right now. So yeah, I totally agree that, you know, first in defensive rating, 10th in offensive rating. And, and I think you hit exactly on it that that starting small forward role and just some some injuries to key guys man that that's been yeah. their achilles heel but all that being said third place in the east second place in the in the central not not a bad place to start yeah it's kind of it's kind of cool looking up and like before the season i thought we were like kind of the fourth or fifth or sixth teams really there's only two teams that i like think are Gonna, are probably better than them, Boston and, and Milwaukee. And I, I, I wouldn't have said that before the season. Like it's it's pretty cool that they're top three in my opinion. Um, I I don't know if there's a, much of an argument for anybody else kind of being better than them. Uh, Philly sometimes depend depends on who plays and how they play. So, um, but yeah, it's it's kind it's fun kind of being up in the top of echelon again uh, after some down years the past few years. 
Yeah, that, that was actually kind of one of the topics I had to talk about with Dave tonight. I mean, if you, if you look at the East and you think about tiers, you know, Boston, Milwaukee are certainly that top tier. They're, they're heavily favored, one of those two teams that come out. But, you know, either the Cavaliers are, as of right now, sliding into the low part of that tier or they're leading off the next tier by a, by a formidable amount, right? I mean, maybe right. you consider the Hawks or the Raptors or if the Nets get healthy, who knows? But there, there's no doubt Cavs are first up in that next group. If not, you know, let's see what they do with a fully healthy roster, if they can sneak into the bottom, bottom of that first rung. Yeah, I think I think I think Phil or uh, I think Milwaukee and Boston are probably one A in like a one A group, and then I would say like Cleveland and probably Philadelphia is probably one B, and then I would have like the two tiers. I I, I think this just based on the talent and just how they're playing. I think uh, I think there's there's not a lot of competition better than uh, Cleveland right now, and it's fun to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and with that, maybe, maybe we'll, speaking of fun to watch, we'll kind of skip last night's game because last night's game was not <laughs> fun to watch. <laughs> Cavaliers that was just, it oh. kind of matched the Browns game, but they lost. <laughs> it was like, a, <laughs> like, like they couldn't make a basket to save their lives, but they played really, they played pretty hard and they played great defense, but they just, and the traveling was just <laughs> beyond, like that was, that was one of the most surreal things I've ever seen. Like 13 travel calls like that is just, it just killed any flow to that game. And I think that's probably, it probably killed the shooting too. Like it's hard to kind of get in the flow when you're just stopping 13 freaking times to both sides too. Like yeah. Nick's didn't shoot well either. And yeah, it was, it was just like, that game is kind of one of those just throw it away and don't think about it ever again. <laughs> yeah, Donovan Mitchell was audibly laughing on the the last time he was called for a for a travel. Right. Right. Donovan and Garland combined for thirteen of forty one from the field, five of twenty from three. I mean, thirteen of forty one. It's the one takeaway I did have from last night's game. It was just you know it was abysmal. Um, wasn't a lot of rebounding. No no shots in the paint. No. But that was one thing I. I saw after the fact Mobley got nine shot attempts and then you know of course you want Mitchell and, and Garland to get their shot attempts in but when they've got 41 and, and Mobley who's I think at this point no doubt your third scorer especially yeah. especially with Allen on the bench you probably want Mobley to have more than nine right. since he's the guy getting you know getting shots within the paint but man it, it was brutal to your point the <laughs> those travels were just ridiculous I don't know there has to be some kind of like mid-season course correction because it seems like every single game if you turn on TNT or yeah it's happening everywhere so there's got to be some kind of course correction right i feel i feel like that happens almost every year there's always one kind of thing remember when they used the change the ball the ball or like midway <laughs> yeah. through and then they just like yeah. course corrected okay we're yeah. done this ball sucks like <laughs> yeah i think it's just one of those things that it'll kind of get tampered down as the as they kind of figure out wow this is not this is not helping the game. <laughs> like I, I understand what they were trying to go for, but like, it's now just killing flows of games, and it's not fun to watch. Like getting turnovers like that, it's just not fun to watch. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be I, in terms of the and just just the game. I I did think it was kind of they played through it like a stretch. I thought when they played really well, they played through Evan and, and they just seemed to like not go through that. And they, and they made a, they took a lot of jumpers, which is mm -hmm. um, not great, especially when you're not shooting well. I thought they could drive a little bit better. Um, 
I think maybe Mitchell Robinson kind of thwarted them. And that is a good defensive team, I think, overall, at least in terms of uh, what they're known for. They kind of they kind of rough you up there, but uh, it was just the whole whole overall offense was kind of just not working, and it, it kind of shows you the problem with the small forward spot. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, when your two top guards don't have it going, there was pretty much Chetty tried to, like he was he was solid, but like beyond that, there was there was not a really uh, kind of winger guard that could score consistently for that team. Yeah, if we looked at kind of who who took some of those minutes last night, Osman, you know, I'd say really led the reserves with 30 minutes. Karis Levert, who, you know, I think JB and the team kind of admittedly said, hey, this is our sixth man now. But we, you know, we, we kind of just think this is his best role. Yeah. Levert got 16 minutes last night. I mean, that doesn't yeah. sound very sixth manny to me, right? I mean, <laughs> that's concerning. That's that's probably the most concerning part of that of last night, like 16 minutes. You would think, okay, that let's put let's put him in because he'll at least he can at least contribute, like produce off the dribble, create create for himself. But like sixteen minutes, that that just shows like I don't know if it's working. I I don't know if it like we saw it briefly when that forty points and and a couple games before that, but like since then he's just not fit in, and I I don't know how much longer they can go with it. Yeah, even, you know, I, it, it feels to me that, you know, all throughout training camp, he did all the right things. They knew they were going to need from him, you know, some three-point shooting, maybe some creation. And, you know, they, he was never going to be this 3 and D guy. But right. even the notion of him being like a good secondary ball handler, because the way the Cavs run their lineups, there's always either one of Garland or Mitchell in the game if, mm-hmm. if they're both healthy. So you're like, right. okay, have him, you know, one of those guys on one side, have Karras on the other, and if they need some right. help, like the idea of that sounds so promising, but to your point, it's just not, it's not clicking. Nothing's falling for him when he gets in. Yeah. It's like that mid range area. Nothing's going in. Nothing he puts yeah. off is, is soft. Like anytime he's in there, anytime he's in the paint, it's just, it's just, you know, clinking off the back. Right. Nothing is, nothing looks smooth or soft. It's, it's been tough. Yeah. Half the time it looks like he doesn't have a plan too. Like when he drives, like he's like, like should I pass? Should I shoot? Like it, it just doesn't. I, I don't know. And it seems like when he gets the ball, it just kind of the offense just kind of stay. It comes stale and and doesn't. You don't see that movement as much, which is which is kind of weird. Just I, I don't know what's going on. Um, and the sixteen minutes is it'll be interesting to see kind of going forward if that kind of if that changes things. Like are we? Are we seeing a are we seeing a uh, kind of a, a, a big change here, or is it just a one game kind of they he struggled and they were just trying to throw anything out on the on the floor? Yeah, because he you know he, he was obviously out with an injury. Um, he was struggling mightily before then. Yeah, he came back and had a really great game against the 76ers. He scored twenty two points, right. eight of eleven. Um, but then the past two games again, you know, uh-huh. you get you get five points from him in the Magic game, two of seven from the field, and then the next game, obviously last night, he he was tough. And yeah, it's just it, you deal with some inconsistencies with that kind of player, but when it's once every like six or seven nights, I mean that's just that's just not enough. <laughs> just is no, it's, especially for your sixth man, like you, yep. you got to have more than that. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they kind of handle it going forward. Yep. Yeah, he his 16 minutes last night was only outdone by Okoro, who only got 13 minutes. So, you know, that's a whole other avenue. But it's just you need you need something from those. If, if one of those guys gives you a good game, right. one of those two, you're happy. Um, oh, 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 for two, way too many times this season, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think we're kind of at the point what we know we know what Okoro is. I think. Yeah. Sadly, <laughs> I think he's he's just going to be that kind of 13 minute. 13 to 15 minute guy kind of come in for defense and hopefully get some energy and then maybe down the stretch be some matchup defensive but yeah i i hope i was hoping i know he's still young but like we're in his third year and it's like the the shooting is just it's just not consistent it just hasn't and he hasn't it seems like he he makes it like he has a good game and then he just has like these desert games where like for a good week or two that he can't make a basket to save his life so that's another guy kind of kind of have questions about yeah in this you know i think this is a probably a good transition for for us to go to you know that that small forward role or even take position out of it a little bit just to you know back up two or back up three they're just begging for some kind of stability um understood role players are going to give you the highs and lows but you know they're, they're begging for some kind of um some kind of just familiarity and, and stableness back there that they're not getting night to night. Maybe Ricky Rubio, you know, comes back and helps that. But I mean, frankly, we, we haven't heard, you know, we've heard he's progressing towards three right. and three play, but there's no timetable on Ricky. And it's, you know, you look down and it's December already. There's, you know, you need to hear yeah. some good news from him sooner rather than later. Cause it's going to take some time to come up, but with, with all that, and you know, with the, the starting uh, small forward role and, and backup, I thought it'd be kind of fun tonight if, you know, I know you and I have talked about this in Discord a little bit, but talked about maybe a player who, uh, you know, the Cavs should should be looking into. The trade deadline is February 9th, so there, there's still time, but, you know, there's about eight weeks until the trade deadline surpasses. Um, so I was hoping, Joe, maybe you could touch on somebody that you think the Cavs should be interested in, someone that would make sense for this roster, for this team, um, you know, with, with the current players they have on their roster. Yeah, well, my, my initial – kind of guy was Harrison Barnes before the season, but like the Kings are good <laughs> at least for now. And I don't know if they want to kind of blow it up there. So um, just looking at like kind of the, you just kind of got to look at the lower level teams. So your Orlando Pistons kind of Charlotte, uh, the Spurs, which uh, is the team I kind of want to kind of reference here is um there's a couple kind of interesting guys on on the um, on the Spurs like Keldon Keldon Johnson would be just a huge get, but I don't know if I don't know how much that would cost. Um, there's just a, there's a few around the league. I think you're going to bring up probably um, Bogdanovich uh, at the Pistons. I would assume he's he would be an ideal fit. Um, I know we have to wait a little bit for him because he just signed an extension, but um, they just need someone like they don't need, it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be a, at all. Like it doesn't have to be a very, like a super productive, a productive guy. Like just a guy that can make shots when he's open. <laughs> like that's, it's not right. a hard, it's not a hard thing. Like, and then don't be like a sieve on defense. Like I, I wouldn't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even have to look for like a like a, a true three and D guy. 
I would just mostly look for a guy who can shoot, <laughs> like just to spread it out because I, I feel like everybody on on this team is kind of doesn't it, it can any every three at least on this team kind of constricts the uh, the offense because you got what Levert Levert who can't really he's okay with shooting threes but hasn't shot threes well this year. Yeah. Um, you got a Corey who can't make a three to save his life. Um, <laughs> you got Lamar who he's been better, but like still not a guy that you want to kind of rely on to make shots. So yeah, not be, be, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, that'll be some of the like that's that's the that's what I would be targeting, just shooting. <laughs> yeah, you hit it. I think the Spurs are the team that I'm. I look at, and neither of these guys probably wow you, but. You know, if you look at a guy like Josh Richardson, he's got one year left right. on his deal. He's worth like 13 mil. He's, I think he's a career 36 or 37% three point shot. He can play a little bit of defense. You know, he's, he's not like super athletic. If he's 29, you know, he's, he's someone that's going to move and yeah, someone who, who could be available. I'm assuming the Spurs would, would be taking pennies on the dollar for, for a couple of their players this year as they're in the Wembenyama sweepstakes. Um, the other guy who's there's, there's two years left on his deal. So this year and next year is Doug McDermott. So a guy who is probably going to hurt you defensively, but, um, so too, he's only 30 years old. He's a 40% yeah. guy from three. Um, he, he makes 14. About him. Yeah. And he was the guy that they try to get too. Yeah. Uh, was yep. Two years ago. Yeah. And I think, you know, with Kevin Love getting older, I mean, certainly Kevin Love is is a way better playmaker and rebounder, all that stuff. But in terms of an actual shot maker, you know, I think if you look around right now, if the Cavs lose Kevin Love, you look around and you say, where where is the three-point shooting coming from outside of Donnie and Darius? Man, they, right. they just don't really have anyone. So just someone right. who can come in exactly what you said, make some threes. I think, you know, McDermott, a guy who's going to be here, you know, this year, and next year would make a heck of a lot of sense, makes less than Levert. So that, you know, if, if the Spurs wanted to save some money and not have anything on the books for next year, you know, maybe that's something that they would, they would entertain. But. Yeah. Eric, Eric Gordon is another guy. Um, Ooh, we, we've been talking about him for a couple years now. <laughs> I, know. I feel like this was finally the year you would think they would trade him. Like, I don't know what he's doing on that team. Like, <laughs> he got a bunch of kids on that team, and then he got Eric Gordon. Like, he just seems like a waste. Um, but he would be just kind of a perfect guy. He, he's a really good shooter, um, veteran guy, knows how to fit in as a role player. So I think he would be a really good – and I don't think it would cost that much. Um, I know they would probably would want maybe a, they, maybe they would want a Coro or something like that. Like I'm open to trading a Coro and, and Levert right now. Um, so either of them, a Coro kind of fits in their timeline too. So maybe, maybe he would be kind of a, a fit for them. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, absolutely. I know 
you know, if you watch Rockets games, I've seen some interesting moments with Eric around. He's like, get me off this team. He's got like young guys <laughs> fighting in the, you, you know, like I forget. There's a couple of the young guys going at it and he's just looking around. Yeah. He's got to be like, get me the hell off this team. I remember when I was in the playoffs every year and now I'm surrounded by a bunch of 20 year olds. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's got to be, he's got to be begging for it. Yeah. It seems like it looks like the teams that like Orlando is another team. I think what Terrence Ross, and then um, they have Gary Harris too, right? I think I think he's still on their team. He might be hurt still, but uh, they uh, they're a lot of the uh, kind of lower level teams. Orlando, Houston, um, Spurs ha- have a lot of good matchups. So and hopefully they can. I know we don't have that much draft capital. <laughs> I, I don't even know what we could trade, like second rounders. I guess that would be about it. Um, but Acora was a nice young piece that maybe one of them will take a, a chance on. Um, if I was a if a, I was still like a rebuilding team, I would do it. Uh, I would take a chance. Like like what would you what, getting Eric Gordon for Acora? I, I I would do that as a young like what's Eric Gordon going to do for your future? He, he's not in your future, but <laughs> right. but maybe Acora can and. The, the Cavs are just not in that position that they can wait anymore on a Coro. Um, now, if they were struggling like Houston has in the rebuild, I would be in that position still to keep them. But, like, it, it, time's running out. <laughs> Time is running out. Yeah, to your point about what do they have to trade, I, I just because I went and looked it up earlier today, they, they owe their 20 you know, 2025, 2027, 2029 picks to Utah, 26 and 28 are pick swaps. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know how that goes. It gets a little bit more complex if you try to trade those at that point. And then 24, I, I think, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. In, in this year's draft pick first rounder goes to the Pacers if the Cavs make the playoffs. So you're right. I mean, they're, they're really down to um, second round picks. And then I think what I wrote in the discord the other day, if, you know, if you if you think of what the Cavs have in terms of assets, you know, a young player like Isaac Okoro, how much is he worth? Karis Levert, an expiring deal. Um, Kevin Love, an expiring deal, but I'd be pretty stunned, you know, if they yeah. moved on from him, I'd be pretty shocked. That'll be, that'll be like like that'll be like subtraction. That would be a huge <laughs> subtraction. And they can't they can't lose that shooting, as you said. No, no, they cannot. So yeah, that's you know, they're kind of strapped in terms of first round picks. But one of the things I, I truly believe in is, you know if you're in this realm that the Cavs are in, take this swing because you never know what's going to happen with, you know, if, if the wrong player turns an ankle, we don't, you know, we don't want to see that, but what if Giannis turns an ankle in the playoffs or Jason Tatum goes out? It's like when you're, when you're in this elk, you know, top 10, especially now, I mean, the, the, the NBA is uh, it's more wide open than it has been in the past. There, there's not that old warriors team that's going to run through you. I think if, if you're this close, you know, give, give it a shot. I understand the Donovan Mitchell trade was, was for the next two, three, four years. But mm-hmm. when you are at this point, I, you know, I think you owe it to yourself to give it a shot. There's, there's no guarantee that every team's going to be full strength going into the playoffs. So I don't, I don't think that should let them deter them from making a move. That's going to make them better this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm as, as you're talking, I'm looking through the bottom feeders kind of rosters <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of good, like uh, you just look at Washington. They have a couple guys, um, that could be possible targets. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, Will Barton. Um, just look at Charlotte. They got what Hayward and um, 
Ubre. So mm-hmm. it, it's I feel like I feel like it wouldn't be. I don't think you have to mortgage that much to kind of get the get this role player that kind of fits in more perfectly than like a core or a um, a Lamar Stevens. Um, I feel like Lamar is is going to be a really good role player on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't the, the putting him in as a starter is kind of it's it's tough. And and I think one of the things we're not talking about, uh, uh, we can probably kind of transition here is is the loss of Dean Wade has kind of really made this kind of <laughs> even more worse than it is. Yeah. Um, if he was on the on the roster, I think it'll be a lot better fits. But um, with without Dean Wade, it's just there's not much. <laughs> um, I, I was listening to the Chase Down Pod yesterday and. They kind of they kind of nailed it with how that how it's it's just Dean Wade is like consistent like you know what you're gonna get he he's pretty consistent shooter um, he could be cold at sometimes but you kind of know what he's getting like in terms of Lamar and just a Coral and Levert the, those guys are just up and down up and down you you don't know what to get so that's that's pretty much what they need just consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. Just a, a little less volatility night to night. Right. And and even, you know, I, I say that and Osman is, is a guy that you love to watch, but right. even, even Osman hasn't been so roller coasty. I mean, he's been on yeah. defense. I'll, 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 you know, I'll take his offense out of it, at least on defense. I mean, I, I feel like he's been running up and down. He's been busting his ass this year. I've been pretty happy with his effort on that side, I'll say. Yeah, like JB hasn't had to be forced to like play him off. Like, right. like there's there's a lot of times last year where he just wasn't able to play him because he just didn't play defense. It's <laughs> sort of like Kevin Love at sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and you hit on the Dean Wade. I thought we could give a really quick kind of injury update. So Dean Wade, um, it, it was just announced. You know, he had an AC joint sprain. He's going to be out three to four weeks, which which just kind of hits that small forward you know, backup wing, whatever you want to call it, roll you even harder over the next few weeks. Uh, we did get some good news in that Jared Allen was upgraded to questionable, I think just a yes. few hours ago. So what a game to get Jared Allen back, right? Please. Against Anthony Davis. Hey, welcome back. You have the you have the guard A D who's on a freaking hot streak. <laughs> is it like is it twenty eighteen again? I mean where where is A D coming from? Yeah, they were, I was just looking through his number my God, he's just on a roll right now and <laughs> He is carrying that team with LeBron. <laughs> yeah, you, you put him up against Gian. I mean, he's got better numbers than Giannis right now. He's, he's as good, if not better, than you know Joker and Bead. I mean, he's he's playing at like an All NBA level, and it it kind of came out of nowhere. It's the last couple of years you can't you know you haven't been able yeah. to to trust he's been on the court, but man, he's he's by. I'm kind of happy for him honestly because he's had such yeah. a tough stretch the past couple of years. I'm. I'm I'm happy to see him, you know, have string some good games together. I should say. Yeah, I'm happy for LeBron too. Yeah, <laughs> like, he looked he looked miserable. Just like it just seemed like AD was obviously his injuries were killing him, but like he didn't seem like he like just kind of mentally he wasn't like mm-hmm. the same player. But the last few weeks he's been he's been the AD of uh, of the past, and that's going to be a scary matchup if they don't have JA. Um, that's Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is going to have to use all six of his fouls. <laughs> that's right. And who are we going to have back? Diakite. I mean, that's right. <laughs> they need. They need uh, Allen back very quickly. And you know, the last kind yeah, of key. And we saw Robin Lopez 
try to guard him in, in the first matchup, and that just didn't go out. That's one of the things, just before we go to the other one, um, center, backup center might be a might be a, a target too because Robin Lopez, I, I didn't realize how bad he is defensively. Mm-hmm. He just he, – he, he can't move, and guarding the pick and roll is just a big problem, and that's why he hasn't been able to kind of stick on the floor um, through all these injuries, he, he hasn't really – you would think with J.A. out, um, he would be playing consistently. And how many games has he not played in the last couple? And if if so, he's played like five minutes or something. So uh, I think that might be a, another kind of add-on to any trade they'd kind of do, try to get someone – just an athletic big guy. Like Hartenstein would have been just great. <laughs> just watching him yesterday, like – Oh, just man. someone who can just guard the pick and roll and not be a absolute detrimental guy on the floor. Man, you you look at you look at what Hardenstein was doing to Kevin Love yesterday and what he was doing to some of, some of our backup bigs. It was like downright disrespectful, <laughs> and to, yeah. to see what he did was was impressive. And, and obviously, yeah, I think that's a very underrated point. Is you know, if Allen goes out, that you know, everything kind of goes out of whack. Mobley goes to the five. There, it creates a hole right. at the floor, and, and then they're searching. Allen's such an important part. And, and you're right. I mean, Robin Lopez in a playoff series, yeah. you, you probably don't want to see him in there unless you need like a couple fouls on Embiid or something, right? <laughs> yeah, and did did Kike or what? I still can't get his name pronounced correctly, but he he's really a power forward. He's not a center. Like yeah. he's he's a he's a he's a spread out kind of four, and he's he's pretty solid on defense, but he just doesn't have the girth and the size to kind of guard these big centers. So yeah, kind of they just need somebody else. Like yeah. it's it's been a problem the past couple of years, and I thought I thought, I really like the Robert Lopez kind of signing this offseason but like man he is it just seems that he has just gone really old <laughs> he's just become super old and just can't 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 defend anymore yeah if if like if his uh if the guy that goes out in in screens i mean if if the guard is just up against him to the hoop it they just see like a big cash sign they you know they just drive <laughs> right past them it's it's pretty yeah. tough and he like i think you said in the discord i mean he, he drops anyway but if he doesn't drop deep enough you know that guard's going straight to the hoop and it's right. it's it's just tough but we did yeah. get you know one other piece of good injury news well i don't i shouldn't even call it news but you know it, it was reported by chris fedor that Ricky Rubio advanced to three on three and he had a, you know, an update with the Cavs doctors quote unquote soon, but it did sound like he was progressing. Um, I guess that's good news, Joe. I mean, we don't have any you know specific timetable, but the fact that he's gone from, you know, we've seen him do like one-on-one drills before and after games. Now that he's up to yeah. three on three, you'd think things are progressing, right? Yeah. You would think that's, it's always a good sign when they're in kind of the contact mode of like those three and three situations. Um, I see them. I I've gone to a, 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 what three games so far this year. And every, every time I come early, they he's out on the floor shooting. And so it, it seems like he's getting closer. I think the kind of the, the off season timeline was always that kind of end of December, early January, and we're kind of in that mode and it would fit that he's now going to three on three here uh, in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully, hopefully that gets amped up. There's no issues with like swelling or anything like that or 
kind of uh, pain or anything, and uh, we can move on. He he doesn't even have to be like 2020, 20, what, 2021 Ricky mm-hmm. Rubio. It just has to be kind of solid Ricky Rubio, be a veteran off the bench, and uh, kind of help, help along that uh, the bench that's kind of struggled scoring wise consistently. Yeah. Be a stabilizer for some of those guys that are giving us way too much volatility right now. Yep. Totally agree with you. Well, I know we've, uh, I wanted to pose one question to you before we do a quick word from our sponsor. We've got a great deal with underdog fantasy for first time depositors entering the code WFNY at checkout and underdog will match your deposit up to a hundred dollars. Underdog is a great platform. If you're tired of the DFS salary system, there's tons of game types and drafts every single night. Don't forget to use WFNY at checkout to get your first time deposit matched up to $100. The Cavs are on a homestand, and their next three games are at home. So they host the Los Angeles Lakers Tuesday. The all of a sudden, hot, yeah, that's right, national game. There we go. Um, all of a sudden, red hot Kings on Friday, and then Thunder on Saturday. So that's you know that's their next three games for the week. Mm-hmm. Joe, if you have to predict their get, I'm sorry, if you have to predict their record over the next three games, host Lakers, Kings, and Thunder. What is the Cavs' record going to be? Say sitting on Sunday after those three games. I would say two and one. Um, obviously, I think that depends on JA. Um, mm-hmm. I think they get the they can go three and zero if if they get Allen back because uh, he's just that important to this team. Um, but I think uh, I think they'll beat the the Thunder is on what Friday? I think it is, or are they on Sunday? Uh, King Kings Friday, Thunder Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. So, um, and then the Kings, Kings are kind of the, uh, I, I feel like it could go either way for the Kings and the Lakers games, um, depending on if Jay is there. I think they could beat the Kings either way. So, um, I think two and one. I don't know about tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how who's in the lineup tomorrow. Yeah, that, that's what makes it tough. I, I'm in agreement with you. I think two and one. Um, Cavs are. I mean, Cavs are ten and one at home. They're they're red hot at home. True, that's a good point. Love the way they play. But to your point, it, it's tough because I think if you're cautious, uh, Cavaliers, then you say, hey, we can sit Jay all the way till Friday. You know, if if we give him off tomorrow, but you know, it'd be great to give him some run and and have you know, have the ability to have him for, you know, potentially for the back-to-back Friday, Saturday. So, yeah, I'm going to go two and one. And there's just – we all know LeBron loves to beat the Cavs at home. Lakers are scourging. <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I, I feel good about Kings and, and Thunder, but I do – I am I am a little nervous about tomorrow's game against the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, national TV return, return to Cleveland. He just said she's like a <laughs> bad combo, especially if and then you have hot AD. So, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's it'll be interesting to see if they put J.A. out there. Uh, I think he just, I think he was just out because I don't think they wanted him to travel to New mm. York. Um, so he might have been closer than we think. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he's actually out there. Definitely, man. Well, yeah, like you said, big national game. Excited to see it. Uh, last Nuggets. Anything else you wanted to get out? In any other thoughts, conclusion, anything like that before we wrap, Joe? No, it's just uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, I thought, kind of heading into the season, um, they wouldn't make any kind of trades um, this year because after the Donovan Mitchell one. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of 
the, the how the how the season has progressed, how the Eastern Conference has kind of turned out. I think Kobe Altman is going to be kind of have to have to be active again, and it's going to be interesting to see what he can do with very very little. <laughs> like we're going back to like post LeBron level uh, trade assets here, <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do out of out of very little. Um, but I, I the it's kind of hard to doubt the guy. Like he's he's produced consistently. Kobe Altman has done consistent great work. Uh, I don't. I can think. I can think. What two things he's kind of missed on is kind of a core a little bit, and then Levert trade. That's like yeah. basically it. And in, in how many years he's been here, that's pretty impressive. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of go about the trade deadline here coming up and. Uh, and I'm excited to see Rubio return hopefully soon. Yep. Yeah. Totally in agreement. Altman seems to to get the big things right, like Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and yeah, um, yeah big, big things to come. And I, I, I'm in a total agreement. I think that was a really good point by you because I think you know after you give up all your assets for Donovan Mitchell, you think okay, this is the team for the next three years. But that's right. not the way Altman operates. I mean, he's he's one of the most active GMs in the league. Yeah. Wouldn't be shocked at all if, if there's some kind of minor move around the fringes that you know hopefully helps him for this year. Yeah, he he seems like he makes a trade every deadline. It seems like, <laughs> or at least in something something at least small. Or uh, he's always he's always calm. So I yeah. wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have doubt him this year. Yeah, no doubt. Well, well, Joe, thank you for joining. Thanks again, yeah. man, for, for jumping on kind of last yeah, second. No uh, we, we appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back next week and go over and listen to Brownscast. When are you guys uh, doing Brownscast this week? Thursday? Uh, Thursday, probably, yeah. Thursday. A big matchup against Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. So tune into that Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome. should be fun. Good deal. Well, thanks all for listening. Have a good rest of the night. See ya. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 